today, as part of our podcast here, which is powered by Upside Global, we have the honor to interview Mert Aganeji, co-founder of Neurosess, a leading sports tech startup that produce sensors to assess injuries. So Mert, welcome to the show. Hello, Julian. Thank you very much for having me in the show and uh, looking forward to this to this interview. Great. So Mert, so I'm good. Thank you very much. So thank you for being here. So what I want to talk to you about today was first your background and then your role uh, at Neurosess. And then we'll talk about your product and how it benefits the teams. And then we'll talk about your business model and your plans for the next 12 months. How does it sound? Yeah, perfect. Sounds perfect. Great. So why don't we start by uh, having you tell us about your background for the audience? Yeah, I do have an engineering background. Uh, I did study electronics engineering in Turkey uh, in University of Bilkent. And after graduating from the school, we just started the company with one of my classmates uh, from, from electronics engineering as well. So we just started the company in 2016. And yeah. then... Uh, after that, it's still going on with lots of research and uh, lots of innovations. But I, all, I do also study right now. In my, I'm in my final year in King's College. I do study yeah. uh, a PhD on machine learning and EMG sensors. So it's quite related to the topic that I do in the company. Yeah. And how did you get the idea of, of building the sensors? And what, where, where was the idea? Where did the idea come from? So we we so in our senior year in the university we were working quite well with the biosensors and yeah. uh, we thought that it has a future and uh, because it it was capturing too much information from uh, from the human physiology and it was really yeah. important and what we saw was uh, even the sports field was using too much investing too much on different technologies they didn't invest on the data uh, and uh, the these kind of physiological sensors and they were losing too much money because of there was a big gap because they were losing too much money because of injuries or lack of measurements or wrong measurements so we just said let's apply this tech to the sports sector to the sports field and see what happens because we we quite foresee that the data has been really becoming in football and in other sports fields and it was emerging so that's why we just wanted to apply our knowledge on biosensors to sports field to tailor it specific to the sports field that's how nurses started okay and when was that what year was that it was so we, we started working on that in 2015 yeah. and in our senior year in school. Uh, so we were really good with biomedical signal processing and these biomedical sensors. And uh, we started in 2015, but the company was officially founded in 2016. Okay. And, and so where is the headquarter? Where is the company headquartered today? So the company headquarter right now is in uh, London, United Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. And so how big is your team as of today? So our team, we have some full-time and, and part-time uh, employees. Right now, it's, yeah. I think, uh, 10 people. Okay. That's I didn't, I didn't really count, but it's, <laughs> I think it's approximately 10 people, yes. Okay, great. So could you tell us a bit more about your product? Uh, like, what do your sensors measure? What kind of analytics can the teams get? And really, what are the benefits for the teams to use your product today? Yeah, of course. So what we do is... 
sorry. Okay, so what we do is EMG, and it's the abbreviation for electromyography. And like electrocardiograph or EEG, we basically measure the signals, electrical signals transferred on the muscles. So how mm-hmm. this happens is uh, when a person, when a, when a certain individual wants to make a certain activity, the brain sends some firing impulses, some electrical impulses through the spinal cord to the muscle fibers. And uh, those uh, electrical signals accumulate on the muscle. And these sensors just measure it in a certain way. So our sensors collect the data, collect those yeah. electrical signals in a really correct way so that we can process those data and extract information, extract info, all the physiological information like muscle fatigue, muscle contraction rates, the balance between muscles, the lactate accumulation on the muscles, the strength, uh, and many more information like those. So we use those information extracted from the muscles and analyze further uh, in specific to the sports fields like uh, um, hamstring injury risks or load on hamstrings or the imbalance or the asymmetries or how the person is being recovered or how the performance of a person is getting much better or worse. So uh, yeah. we do get all this physio- physiological information, extract uh, meaningful insights and use these insights to, to interpret the athlete's physiological uh, states and uh, future and potential risks. And, and so those, yeah, go ahead. And just I, I was just going to answer the last question. Uh, how the clubs or the organizations benefit from the from this technology is is basically uh, currently there are two use cases of our product. One is pre-injury, and mm-hmm. one is post-injury. So in pre-injury, we mostly uh, collect data from. Uh, so basically, we work with the football clubs most of most of the time. So there are a couple. If you of said soccer clubs, clubs, not football clubs. Soccer, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's an American podcast, so I should say soccer. So we work with. Um, soccer clubs in the premier league so how the, how we make measurements is uh, for the pre-injury analysis we d- do take match day minus two measurements uh, from eight different muscle groups of all the players who are going to play in the match day and yeah. then match day plus two data so two days before the match day and two days after the match day and by this day we assess the load of the the game plate on the players and then we we track uh the, the the amount of load and how much they recovered from the game so by this way we we kind of give the teams certain insight how much they should load the players during the training of that week and yeah. how and if there's an anomaly if there's a problem with a certain player we also warn them that there's a player whose muscles are not doing right and who can have a risk of this injury that injury because it depends on the injury type so we inform the clubs in that way and the second use case is the post-injury. Uh, no matter what you do, and I'm just warning everybody because I did lots of, re- as, a, as a company, we did lots of research on injury prevention and many things. So if any company says they prevent the injuries like fully, you have to mm-hmm. approach the company more skeptical than any other person because it's it's impossible to prevent the injuries truly. There will be yeah. always some some uh deviations some variations even the food they eat even the the, the mentality they have changed the potential to injury changed the possibility to injury yeah uh, so so uh that will be always injured players in the clubs and we they also use it for post-injury analytics and how do we use this during the rehab we actually 
uh, track the return to play of the players and athletes. So we say if the player is ready to return to play or is it, if it is too early to return to play, we just say that there can be a certain recurrence of the injury. So it's too early. So please have a couple of rehab sessions and wait a couple of more days to be completely sure that the player is not returning early because it triggers, returning early triggers the the re-injury and the player's value, market value just drops radically. And that's that's a really bad thing because recurrence, when, when a certain injury appears uh, uh, appears consecutively, that's a, that's a huge problem because that statistically proves that that player will have the same, for example, hamstring injury every year. Mm-hmm. Then, like, the odds will rise and the market value does decreases. So it's a big issue. So it should be carefully, care, carefully analyzed. And that's also what we do with post-injury tracking. And, and so has there been situations where, because, you know, some of the clubs, they pay their players a lot of money, right? So yes. sometimes there's pressure from the agent or whoever to have this player play the next game. But has there been any situations where you could clearly see that a player had a high risk of injury and yet the coach decided to let the player play the next Definitely. game? Definitely. Definitely. And, and I, I, so... Even when we when we warn the clubs, sometimes we just see that you know like they don't have any chance because there are, there are no players left, so that player should be playing and the risk should be taken. And yeah. they they do they do that even though we warn them and we don't need to warn them because they they also know the situation with the player, but they the play really so sometimes the game is really critical and they they take the chance they take the risk. Well, I t- I, t- I tell you a story. One time I was talking to. A big soccer club. I forgot which one it was, but basically the the that head trainer told me, look, sometimes we see that there's one player who's got we ran let's say twenty percent more than any other of the of the other players on the team, and yet you know he wants to play the next game, and turns out sometimes that you know the, the same guy is going to score like a hat trick on the next game. I mean, you, yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's just the nature of the game, right? Um, but uh, I, I was going to ask you a question also on the sensor itself. So there are some solutions out there where you have to wear uh, a short with sensors or you have yes. to wear a suit. In your case, you don't have to wear any suits, any shorts. The sensors are on the player's body, correct? Yes. So that means that the, the, the player can go through the drills and the workouts, the training session, and the, the, the coach or whatever can take the measurements using your sensors, correct? Yes, yes, correct. So uh, uh, so the, the thing is, with, with the competition is increasing right now because the companies and the people are seeing that there's a gap in the physiological analytics and uh, the, the, the ways to measure those data. So EMG is a great data and uh, the, the, the competition is increasing and this is what we are actually happy with that. But as you see, there are two types of EMG devices available in the market right now. One is uh, the clinical grade EMGs that are surface EMGs that are wireless that can be like like ours that can be sticked yeah. on the any, any muscle group you want and the the data is transferred wirelessly to a user interface and you can see the outputs. And the second uh, uh, type of devices are the the wearables that have embedded uh, conductive garments on some parts of the and basically they are not active electrodes they are passive uh, EMG. They're, they're basically passive conductive materials that are embedded and tailored to the to the compressive garments. So you basically wear the short, and 
the data is stored. So our our difference in that is we are more close to the clinical grade EMG because uh, we actually validated our sensors with lots of academic papers that we have the clinical grade standards. And uh, the difference of ours from those clinical grade EMGs is they are more to the hospitals and and research groups uh, because they are not tailored for sports and team sports. And uh, the hardware is uh, not making noise cancellation because in, in sports, there is always huge motion that can cause noise in the EMG signal quality yeah. and impact. So those sensors do not do any noise cancellation. So we have a couple of noise cancellation algorithms that actually we published papers with those and that's on board cancel out all the impacts or motion interference from the signal, which those clinical grade uh, sensors don't do and they don't need to do because the application is not that. So the second thing with those clinical grade sensors are, even though they have really good data, they don't provide good insights and analysis and software is quite different. Because they do some specific things for research, they just provide the raw data, which the the clubs do not get it. And it's quite difficult to analyze the raw raw data. It's it's more for researchers or or just some medical doctors to to just see the activation amount. But what we do is we do extract lots of information, like so specific information that we saw that are required by the clubs. So like eccentric hamstring strength. So it's no, no other EMG company does this analysis. It's so specific and requires too much analy- too much signal processing. We do publish three papers related to fatigue and lactate mm-hmm. accumulation and like peak torque and many other things. So we do analyze, we do output lots of good insights from the raw data from the complex signal, and we do we do uh, uh, visualize those information just specifically for the needs of sports clubs, physios, or strength and conditioning coaches. So, so we have quite differences from the from those medical grade sensors, and uh, it, but the signal quality is quite similar because they do have a clinical grade EMG analytics. When it comes yeah. to the wearables, the, the second type of devices, first of all, it seems more feasible than our product, but actually it is not because uh, we have been working with the Premier League clubs for the last three years and. Uh, I never seen a case that you ask a player to get naked and wear a new, pro- <laughs> wear a, a, a compressive garment just before a physiotherapy. It's quite impossible mm-hmm. to convince a Premier League player to do that, yeah. unless they are there too uh, tired of injuries and other stuff, or they don't have any chance to do anything else. So it's not feasible for for a player to wear that every time after a game or like uh, in the morning, in the physio session. So it's it's not feasible, first of all. And the second problem is the limitation with the muscles they measure. So those products, we, we purchased lots of them and, and actually just opened them and saw it, that they do measure only specific muscle groups. But for example, just one muscle group from quadriceps, and there's always crosstalk because they not only measure a specific muscle group from quadriceps, they have big uh, stripes of, uh, conductive threads on the quadriceps so they just measure like an sum of all the quadriceps muscles or similar to the hamstring they just measure all the hamstring muscles and they don't measure for example specific muscles like adductor longus adductor magnus or like many more tfls uh, or many more specific muscles so what we do is any physiotherapist can put our sensors to any specific muscle group and they can select it from our user interface. So our product is not limiting the, the muscle groups. And there's a big benefit of that because uh, 
the problem can be related to vastus medialis from the quadriceps or rectus femoris. But with those variables, you don't know the problem because yeah. you just measure all in a sum. And the other problem with the with the with the variable garments is uh, their conductivity is changing through time. So the product it, it is not stable. And yeah. the reliability is not reliability and repeatability well, is especially not especially if you stable. wash if you wash the garment over time yeah. and the yeah. quality might get worse, right? Yeah, and, and also the thing is uh, so there there was a company called uh, can I give names? Sure you can. Yeah. yeah, so there was a company called Atos. They started this. Uh, uh, they were the second to do the EMG after MyOnTech, I guess. So they mm-hmm. did those variable uh, EMGs, and I, I read lots of complaints that they said their 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 muscles are not being measured after like uh, twenty wash cycles. And the, con- the issue with the conductor thread or any any conductor matter, they they get too much sweat. They get stretching because when you read, you stretch the, the, the thread. So the conductivity of that garment is not kept stable for 20, 30 use cases. And this is just like, if you use it, it's just two months if you use it every two days, and then the product will give different information than from the first day. So how you can do a comparative analysis with this kind of a product? Just, it's, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. It's, it's basically impossible because the, 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 the amplification depends on the conductivity. And if you have a really small conductivity uh, after like a month, you will see that muscle is getting much lower amplitude and lower strength. Uh, after a month, and you will think that the player is get, giving less power. No, because the conductivity is changing. And it's a, it's a really big issue. And you don't know. It, it's also not a linear change. They have give you the wrong information, the wrong reason. Yes, yeah, and it's also the, the change of conductivity is direct. In, it's, it's not linear. It's non-linear. So there's no accurate mathematical way to normalize it and and uh yeah washing is also changing the, the conductivity so okay. the, the, the one last thing with these products is that because they have a passive electrode so they don't have an emg directly on top of the muscle so they get the really low amplitude emg signal and transfer it through conducted thread to the core units where they amplify and filter the signal but on the way to there they have lots of noise interference and motion and it's impossible to just specifically extract EMG from there. It's really, really difficult. So I don't know how they do it, but we tried that. We made an experiment with that. So it's so the data quality gets really low and definitely not clinical level. So with that low quality data, you just can make activations, like how much your left and right activate, but you cannot get more advanced analytics like the fatigue, like dehydration, like the lactates asymmetries like or you cannot get the difference from eccentric to concentric contractions with those low quality data so i think these are huge issues they have in the future uh, that uh, need to be solved for variable guns but basically they they first they, they will need to quite convince the players to to get naked and wear that yeah I think no, that makes sense and, and, and i know the the, the, yeah. the challenges so a quick follow-up questions on the sensors and so on. I think you track, te- is that 10 parameters per player today? About 10? Is that correct? 10, uh, 10 muscles, you mean? Uh, or 10 types of data, or not muscles, but just 10 types of metrics that you track. 
to make a decision and say, okay, there's a higher, maybe a higher risk, risk of injury for that player. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So you you mean like for for our injury risk analytics, right? Yes. Yeah, we just visualize ten different in ten different dimensions in a scatter plot to see how much they are getting close to injury in ten different dimensions or far away from the injury. So we just basically do it for a visualization. And how we do it is we just un, we just have uh, actually we our, our neural networks work for forty-four different dimensions, but it's quite impossible to visualize that in a scatter plot. So we, we selected to have ten different dimensions on a scatter plot. But we basically take the Euclidean distance uh, to the injury or to the uh, you know fully fit version of a player. So if the player has a stiffness and just says, okay, I, I'm feeling pain in my biceps femoris, they just we just make the measurement and then say, okay, you are uh, just close to your injury by eight percent. You're close to your injury in third of August by 80%. So we just we just track that because we know we have all the data for injuries or or fully fit versions of the players and by 10 different dimensions we just visualize it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um quick follow-up questions uh regarding the so two questions, right? So one, what types of connectivity are you using to connect the sensors? Are you using Wi-Fi or Bluetooth? That's my first question. Second question is what is your business model? Do you charge your customers a licensing fee, and then uh, like a SaaS model where they pay a fee every month or based on a number of maybe uh, sensors or whatever. What is your business model? Yeah, so let me start with uh, connectivity. We use Wi-Fi. Yeah. And uh, and for all the companies that have, uh, that aim multi-channel, like data from multiple outlets and uh, extremely long distance data transfer, they have to use Wi-Fi because as an airport, we provide a certain network to the facility and you yeah. can have, you can just get connected and transfer your data in a really fast way with multi-channels uh, from anywhere in the training ground. But with Bluetooth, it's limited to amount of sensors you connect simultaneously. It's difficult yeah. to uh, exceed eight simultaneous connections and it's right. theoretical in practice it's much more difficult and also it's really impossible even though they claim like Bluetooth 5 can go for really high distance we tried that it's not in practice it's not as good as Wi-Fi so Wi-Fi has a big network so you can extend the network and, and have a much long distance and it's I think more suitable for team sports and the issue with Wi-Fi is the 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 size and also the power consumption and we have a patent on uh pending currently on uh how can i say optimizing the wi-fi uh power consumption to a level that it, it gets close to, to to bluetooth in these emg applications mm -hmm. and so that's for a connectivity we use wi-fi and the second question is uh the business model is we have a subscription-based business model so we do give away our hardware without a charge. And yeah. we just subscribe our product for different packages. It starts from a thousand pounds per month to seventeen hundred pounds hundred pounds per month. Uh, yeah. uh, and uh, it depends from the package they have basically. And the packaging are 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 uh differentiated by the 
types of reports the clubs wants. It can be more customized and more advanced or more basic uh, type of uh, reports they have, they get. So it's depending on the, the analytics on the software, but the hardware is same. And we just give away the hardware and charge the clubs for the analytics and the software per month. Okay. And do you guys provide any trials, free uh, trials for, for teams who want to try your product? Yes, we do. We do. I think because without uh, with the trial, there's no uh, reason to buy the product without understanding how it works and how you will benefit from it. And we are quite confident with that. So we give away our, we, 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 we provide a one month free trial or uh, like six sessions of analytics of a, of a recovery or pre-post match day. So if you do yeah. like six measurements, you can choose either. Or if you say, I don't have, uh, I, I will not be able to do six sessions in a month. So let me just try the product for a month. So we can do either of that. So you can just try the product, see the reports and how they how you benefit from it and then subscribe our product. Okay, that makes sense. And so next question is, so without giving specific names, but I think you mentioned the Premier League. Some Premier League soccer teams are using your, your product, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. So uh, we, we, we are a UK-based company, and we have been in touch with all the Premier League clubs for more than three years, and we have been making case studies with them and, and working with them really closely. And now working with lots of Premier, most of the Premier League clubs, our aim is to expand to the Europe, European soccer clubs. And we started yes. to do some trials with Spanish and, and French uh, football clubs. So hopefully, we will expand to Germany uh, and Italy. Yeah. We, also do okay. trials. we also do trials with Turkish clubs. Okay, great. Um, and so, which brings my next and one last question is, what are your plans for the next 12 months? Is it to expand to new markets like the United States? Is it to raise money or what are your plans? So, yes, definitely. We, as you said, really want to expand to the United States, the American market. And hopefully we'll, we, we also do not want to stay in only one field of sports because our sensors are not limited with like lower extremity only. So they can be located in any, any muscle you want. And our analysis are quite generic. So, uh, so most of the sports fields could use and benefit from our sensors. That's why we really want to expand to new sports fields as well, like like American football uh, or rugby or uh, basketball. Or we are we have been doing some trials with cycling, and we have been in touch with cycling. So we believe that it's the top level of human performance, and really want to explore cycling as well. Yeah, uh, they have the best legs in among all the other sports fields. So with yeah. cycling and 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 also really want to. We have good contacts in the Formula One. Uh, yeah. Really want to make trials with with uh, with couple of Formula One teams, uh, but they they require some additional uh, sensor system, sensor hardware. So we are going to tailor them. For, we are actually doing all the sensor hardware for them. As soon as it's finished, we are going to start the trials with them as well. Okay, great. And what about the fundraising? Are you guys looking to raise more money? And how much how much money have you raised so far? So we have we have so we we had a a, a pre-seed round from SOSV Hex Accelerator. It was around yeah. two hundred thousand USD, two hundred fifty thousand USD, and it's it's just the 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 they give all the startups who are 
accepted to their accelerator program. So we went to China. It was in 2018. And after that, we got a certain bridge round, which we got uh, 400,000, uh, around 400,000 USD. Now yep. we aim to we aim to raise we we aim to raise uh, around four to five million USD in in this year. Okay, great. Uh, so that these are basically your plans for the next twelve months. Yes, yes. But we really before doing that, we really would like to prove that we could be used in in many other sports fields uh, without any improvement on the product. Yeah. That makes sense. So look, we look, we we are at the end of the interview, but it was great to talk to you today, and yeah. I wish you all the best for the future and for Thank your team. You. Thank you. Thank you very much, Julian. It was great. It was a great chat with you. So hope to speak with you soon. Thank you. Thank you.